Hello and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. We're back again for another, uh, for what is it, week 567 of the year 2020? Stargate 2020? What's the progress meter on 2020? We're past the 50% point definite. It's 37%. I mean, sorry, 67%. Oh my god, you you fucking, Seven. you made me panic. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, that can't be right. <laughs> We're in September, <laughs> right? <laughs> wait, is that the difference? Is that like... How, how much percentage is left versus how much has progressed? Yes. Oh, man. 37% left still sounds like a lot. I follow this Twitter that tells me the percentage. Why'd so you torture you? Twitter. Why'd you torture yeah. yourself thusly? No. It Matt. tried to put me a... It puts a fire under my ass and do shit, man. The do shit, man. It's okay. 2020 is the year everybody's taking a break. It's fine. No, man. You can't take (laughs) breaks, man. It's a year, man. A year. (laughs) You know what a year is when you're in your 30s? Yeah, I know. I know. It's that instance, right? If you're 39, you're 40. (laughs) You take a break, you're 40. (laughs) 2020 is that instance where I actually have been the most productive I've been in years. Yeah, yeah, me too. This yeah. year does feel like it's never ending. Well, that's yeah. that's good for you guys. Hey, man, you just released a new video. You're as productive as ever. That's like no, I'm absolutely not, and I'm ashamed of myself. That's like for two it. George videos in 2020. You're ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Um. I, I, I think it's actually going to be really, really interesting afterwards, because one of the big revelations of this whole fiasco is is people are finding out how many more jobs could be done remotely than, than yes. before. Yes, 2020 is the year of everybody realizes that if you own a computer, you can pretty much do a lot of things. How good is that, though? How good is that? I don't know. It depends what industry you work in. I'm going to say I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky, for sure. All three of us, technically, I guess. <laughs> George is George is the at home job. He is the pinnacle of at home jobs. George is the sorry guys, I can't record the podcast today because I've been editing through the night, through the morning, through the day. I don't even know what day it is type of job. But that's not like a a cool thing. That's just because I'm really bad at time management because there's no one in my home to light a fire under my ass. Like when I used to have a roommate, at least that was some kind of pressure to keep it going. And would they I, ca- would they come in and like whip you? Come on, George! Come on, boy! You can do no, it. No, she would see him do nothing all day, go to work, come come back, and then still be doing the same thing, being a couch potato. Right? Is that is that is that the no the idea? no? That's what it's like now. Earlier, it was like, oh, no, I, I, I at least want, like, the other human beings in my life to think that I'm a sane person, and, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on it, but I guess it is good that we have a, uh, a, a very special project to dedicate this week's episode. We do. Speaking of not dwelling on things, and speaking of getting around to actually accomplishing things that are worthwhile... Ryan Gates, wherever you are, (laughs) whether you stopped listening a long time ago or whether you are not really named Ryan Gates. Can you imagine if he didn't listen anymore? (laughs) So for anybody who doesn't know, the backstory is, of course, a long, windy while ago when we were just three sweet, innocent boys before 2020, we watched an anime called Agaretsuko. 
and we watched season one and we all pretty much digged it, right? We were we were we talked about it quite it, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we were really into it. And you know, we talked a lot about how realistic it is about not only Japanese society, but also working in society in general and power harassment, sexual harassment and relationships and aggressive. I watched real. the dub. And then everyone watched the sub, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I actually quite appreciated the dub because it turns out that the music is a lot more fun when when you can hear the rhymes and the puns. It's fucking amazing. Right, but finish what you're saying, Lee. Okay, yeah. So to carry on from that was that we would, for anybody who listens through, you know, podcasting apps and the like, you won't obviously know, for about a year, a non-stop year, every single episode of the podcast would be responded with the mysterious Ryan Gates user, YouTube user Ryan Gates, who would write the same Ryan comment, Gates. which is, when are you guys going to do the Agaretsko season two spoiler guest? And of course, I told him in another year, Ryan. <laughs> and then it developed into, hey, Ryan, we'll do it when you sign up for the Patreon. <laughs> Um, oh no <laughs> I think it got mentioned in the discord that season 3 has just come out of Agaretsko mm. so Netflix has just released season 3 and it felt like it was time so I took the bullet to begin with and I was like guys I'm doing it for us I'm doing it for Ryan let's put this to bed let's get this man in the discord because now he has to do it like Ryan you have to you have to come in you're a legend come on gotta come in and celebrate with all of us. We finally, all three of us, have watched Agaretsko season two from start to finish. Me and George last night together on a Discord call. Can you imagine Intimately. anything more beautiful yeah. than these two guys watching that show together? Nothing else is more beautiful. So Ryan, pull one out, buddy. The war is over. Pull, pull one out. We have Pour surrendered. One Rub have one won. out, Liam says. <laughs> Pull one out. The war is won. <laughs> Let off some stress. <laughs> we you no longer it. have to worry about it. <laughs> well, we watched it. And I thought it was really good. I was yeah. super surprised how yeah. good it was. Yeah. Yeah, George. George is going to go nuts, man. George is going to go nuts. <laughs> what, why man. am I going to go nuts? Oh, what you, please. Is this because oh, okay. uh, basically we're recording the episode the, now, but Matt, you heard basically George's podcast oh, comments. I, I know what night. George is going to say. George has a lot of George answers, which people are going to love. I really enjoyed it, actually. I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. We, we, I, I got some family discussion questions for later, but I guess it would be good to start out by just giving like our general yays and nays like i i was really surprised by by how much i got into it and also how much there still seems to be able to explore from this series it's like gradually becoming mm. about the anxieties of of modern urban japanese living and in, for western super viewers it's still super relatable last season was about work anxieties this one seemed a lot more personal and intimate it's about like familial anxieties and personal anxieties the theme was yeah whether or not she felt like she was grown up or not well it, it was kind of split into two things right it was it was split into she's no longer a new employee she's a, a, a senior so she had somebody underneath her who i do want to talk about the character of anai 
Oh a my little bit. God. Um, <laughs> but, so she had a junior. Obviously, we've mentioned this is the spoiler guess. So if you've not watched Agonetsuko, skip to whatever time that George has inevitably miscalculated uh, below. <laughs> no, I, and, <laughs> I've never gotten that one wrong. And um, then, you know, you'll be free. It's split into her being a senior, which is a big thing in Japan when you become the senpai. And then. The idea of getting married. She's an older lady. She's getting on a little bit, you know. Time is ticking. She's twenty five. And Japan, she's an older lady. That's old. Oh my god. (laughs) And uh, you know, uh, marriage and having relationships is the second part of that. It it was touched on in the last in the first series, Um, but yeah, it's uh, kind of heavy in this one. So it starts out with the first couple of episodes with her and her new junior that she has to look after, Anai-san. So Matt reacted almost with familiarity, like he knew that type of character. (laughs) I reacted with like terrifying anxiety with two big questions. Wait a second, do people actually do that? Secondly, oh God, I hope that's not me. They want it in writing so they can fuck you. They want to fuck you. That's why he's recording it, it, it. So I was telling George this, right? And then he was like, "What? Wait, what?" And then, and I was like, "Oh, he's trying to get. He's trying to get to her. He's trying to to make sure he has proof, and then get it to the boss." And then he goes and turns his phone over to recording, and George's like, "Oh, yes, that guy's an asshole." That character in general, because of some of the, let's be gentle the crazies in japan uh gentle he was he was horrifying and never even unpacked dude the face the face face. they make oh Oh god i I wanted to fucking punch that character so hard i've dealt with people of a similar vein to that like people who are so petty and pedantic in that kind of way not to that extent but it's definitely like eye opening when they talk about, you know, he's kind of protecting himself. He obviously doesn't understand what he's doing. He knows he's useless. So, you know, but the fact that he was yeah. then doing it to like director Tom, the pig and stuff like that was like, oh, OK, that's a bit weird. And one of the things that I really, really liked about this series is how it has those humanizing moments like that, where, where like you find out that it's coming from a place of fear from him and how a lot of characters with with their one-dimensional quirks like that will end up having an, an exploration of their more humane side. Like the the annoying hippo lady yeah. turns out had a had a pretty like touching explanation behind why she's so annoying and talkative. I I nee, nee. I appreciated oh, yeah, yeah. it. I was kind of scared by it and, and it, it kind of felt like watching a PG Bojack almost. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like like exploring the issues of very real people through yeah. through animal characters who otherwise are living in a normal human society. Mm. I, I I gotta say I keep trying to look up the whoever writes the English version because they do such a good job, man. Yeah, like, it just sounds it just like yeah. There's certain things. It's like okay, this is like Japanese culture, like like the but even the the mom pushing the 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 daughter to get married that happens here too not not right. like yeah not in the anymore. extent where like it's an arranged <laughs> yeah, marriage it's different yeah neither <laughs> which does still happen in Japan but not not uh, not but as much as you think yeah but there's a lot here that is like it's super like 
relatable. Like some, I bet some people wouldn't even know this is like like a, a Japanese show unless they like, you know, I don't know. They paid attention that like, oh, what are these characters? <laughs> if the characters weren't there, the Japanese characters, <laughs> I'm pretty sure people would be like, oh, okay, they saw it randomly on Netflix. They wouldn't. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't know you think at all. So? Yeah, I don't it's think so. It's called Agretzko. I don't know. There's yeah. some moments in this show where you see like an extremely cute panda face just like spending three frames tilting back and forth, and it almost looks like a South Park parody of anime Japanese animation style. Mm. I it's I think so I good. will do the dub for season three though, because the thing that put me off with the dub when we started watching was hearing English people speaking in English about Japanese yen and yakisoba and stuff. But the music Why? I think is worth it. I think, I think the dub is, I I wouldn't say superior, but it, like it's so. I, I see. I see only push goal. me over the huh? edge. No, I'm t- I'm kind of tempted <laughs> with season so three just good. to watch a bit because I heard one of the new characters is voiced by Pro ZD, you know, Sung Won Cho, and like, oh really? He's amazing, is and he's that, such I a think I heard him new. already. Yeah, yeah. so. I'm kind of tempted to at least see, check out his character. I can probably can guess the type of voice he's doing, but you know, I'm very attached to like Detsuko and Fenneko, like what's the name? Yeah. The, you know, the Fox girl and, um, I can't watch anything else. Voice like her, like it's irreplaceable. And also like even the hippo. It sounds funny in English too. She, the English still, still does the ha 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 ha. But even like the hippo, the hippo that he's like, she sounds like an old woman who is trying to like get up in your business. It's like, it's it's they changed in the English version. It's like very different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 like a voice that just it's annoying. Like it's a really soft mum voice, but like annoying, like annoying. Like the translation that like. I just don't understand how you get that right so 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 much. Yeah. I don't understand. Like you yeah. normally you just watch you watch anime or you watch any watch many shows that try to translate. It just doesn't they just don't do it right. This mm. one they just do it fucking right, man. It, it I mean the screamo. The, the it's so good. It's not stiff and wooden like like in the old cowboy bebops I've been watching. Aww. You know, like like they emote, they Spike. scream in this dub. Like they they laugh, they they show a lot more emotion than I'm used to in an anime. I think dub. that's a part of that is being able to have characters that are not human who have faces they pull and mouths that maybe don't match. Means you can be a lot more expressive and emotive in the voice as well. But yeah, I think Matt, as Matt said, like even with the subtitles, there are some things when I see the subtitles, and I'm like, that's not what she said. But it's like. <laughs> Along the same lines, um, yeah. like when she dri- when she's driving the car and getting her driving license, and it's like the first time she gets in and she drives something, and the subtitle says something like "vehicle automatic" or like, oh, like yeah. something really weird. Wait, right? when she screams, like, yeah, but like in the Japanese, she's just saying "vehicular freedom." Vehicular freedom, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like in the Japanese, she's just saying. This is fun. She's just saying, <laughs> like she's oh just saying, this God. is really fun. <laughs> oh, this, this interesting. That, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like someone wrote that. 
they understood the language. Yeah, I think I like that better than just this is fun. It, it's so but like, good. There's wordplay. <laughs> That's it is one of the many parts I cracked up when I was watching with George. Just like her face when she's driving, she's like. <laughs> how much fun there is to be had from the musical segments is something that i had completely missed out on last season and i gotta i gotta say they did a good job of of uh transferring it from uh out of karaoke to just normal yes so that's right? that you, you hit on something i really liked which is they didn't have to do a, they did one and it spoke really well to like mm-hmm. her character. Oh, yeah. It was like there was only one karaoke scene, and it was the one that was the most important one, obviously, with uh Tadano san, the mm-hmm. like, you know, the CEO. And mm-hmm. that and every other time was just her bursting into rage. And it wasn't like you were like, Oh yeah, she's just, you know, into heavy metal. It's like it's a part of her, and the way she expresses yeah. getting that rage out is to just think about fucking death metal lyrics of what how she feels and yeah it's good to see it outside of the karaoke booth and it was handled really well really really well she's never gonna find love man but you know you know it it, it was <laughs> it was tough <laughs> it was tough it was tough not, not to say it like that but like this is so regular dating it is Best. this happens often I go through it. Many people go through it. You find someone, he seems like it's great, and then it's not. And I love it. I fucking love it. I at the first episode, you're like, okay, but then the first, then the next couple episodes, you get in, you're like, oh shit, like they're doing it again. Season two yeah. lands again. I'm I'm scared for season three. It's There's no super way lands. <laughs> I, I do, that's the thing. And I think George is, is right. It's kind of like a Japanese Bojack because mm. it's nothing goes right. Like <laughs> it's real life. And not like in the sense like, oh, guys, it's so real, but like it's real life. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. her relationships break down because she has literal anxieties about things going around. She wants to get married so badly that that gets in the way of a really pretty healthy relationship. Um, that she is enjoying and it's like it's that real fear especially in japan of being 25 being a woman and by the time you get to 30 you get nicknamed baron and stuff like that right it's like they call them christmas women in japan or something along those lines what? yeah i know it's super weird um oh, yeah and christmas. it's a real societal fear you know she works in an office she's not exactly special and i think that's what's super important about it right she's not special like they they show you pretty characters in this one her two friends are like way more successful than her her other yeah. friend owned her own company and she has a guy who is super into her in Haida. yeah obviously we're talking without the context of whatever happens in season three at this um but she has a guy who's super into her in Haida, and he'll do anything for her but she just doesn't want to be with him or like she doesn't register like that and that is so real because like in any typical other piece of media it would start off negative and then he'd do lots of nice things and then she'd be like oh aren't you sweet and then they get together but that just doesn't happen here and it doesn't even like want to happen like it's 
like she just doesn't see it because she inevitably has no feelings for him. And I think that is really quite special in how they're able to do these things mm. because you never get your hopes up that things are going to go right. But you also don't feel too sad when they do because you're like, yeah, that happens. Yeah. It's life. It, it is. It is life, dude. Things crumble really quickly. And, and the fact that she was okay with it, she was like, it was fun. And I was just like, you know what? Good for you. Good for fucking you, man. Like, um, it when, shows you um, that she's grown up a little bit. Because before, yeah, she exactly. was like... She has the duality. It was, it, she was so wishy-washy yeah. throughout like everything. She didn't know she was going to get married. She didn't know what she wanted to do for her job. She Everything. And well, then now, like, I, look at this talking about a fucking cartoon character like this. What the fuck yeah. are we doing? <laughs> okay, so Agretzko, the Red Panda, I believe a lot of her personal issues and anxieties we found out are actually coming from a very, very bad relationship with her mother. Uh, that's, like, uh, that's a very, very atypical Japanese mother-daughter relationship right there, my friend. Very typical. Okay, so this is these these are some of the family discussion questions I wanted us to uh, <laughs> basically ask Liam about. <laughs> I am not um, Japanese, but I will do my best. How many Japanese parents are still setting their kids up for dates? Is this a thing that still happens? And is that little black leather binder with the photo in it? Uh, yeah, like, that, that, that kind of thing happens thing too. But the, I think it's a generation past now. Like I was talking to my partner about this, right? And, you know, she was like, when her mom was young, that's what her grandmother did. Honest to God. Like, had a black book with photos of quite eligible bachelors. And, mm. like, was like, you should go on a date with this one. I want you to go on a date with this one. This one's a doctor. Ooh, Do this. I and that want- happened, like, a generation Ooh. ago. It's crazy. Um, but, uh. you know, like, it's not other parts of the world where there are arranged marriages. I think in Japan, arranged marriages are still quite high, considering you would classify Japan as a first world country, right? right? Um but that's because Japan has this ingrained social pressure about marriage and like I was jo- I was joking around with Ran because literally after watching Agoretsuko we saw an advert for a new TV show in Japan called Speed Marriage for 30 Days or something and it's literally about two people who've never met each other who live in a house and pretend to be married for 30 days to then see if they want to marry each other after the 30 days. That kind of sounds like the idea of what you're supposed to do over the course of a year in a normal relationship. Yeah. A year, two years, or more. three, yeah, four, or more. You know? however, however long it takes you to feel so, to, to like, answer that question. Yeah. So a lot of it is about marriage, right? And then for people who haven't watched it, who are listening to this anyway, like, so the latter half of this series is about Retsuko meeting a guy called Tadano, who turned who is like a lazy kind of he's he's not like typical Japanese. That's the point. He made me anxious. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he looks kind of like a Westerner compared to the other characters. Yeah, he and he's like very laid back. Haircut. But the, the 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 secret is he turns out to be the CEO of a huge tech company, right? That makes AI. And he's you know, he's programming AI all day and then he kind of just has he's lethargic to doing other things, right? Um but he doesn't want to get married and he doesn't care about marriage and or kids. Or kids. He thinks, you know, about Everybody should be pursuing their career or want or, or like in terms of what they want mm-hmm. to do, not having to be slaves to 
corporate jobs or oh, things oh, that you don't want to be the the literal quote late stage capitalism is such a pain that's why it's gotta go yeah um so he wants to you know he mm-hmm. offers Resco like the opportunity to quit her job and like he's like I don't want to get married but I want to be with you forever and you know she's so into marriage and stuff like that so I was interested right. to hear what you guys think because I think Tadano is good <laughs> for Japan Oh, he, no. he has I and I think it's good for Japanese people to watch something like that and be like, oh yeah. He has an unhealthy yeah. work life still. Yeah. Um, but his attitude in regards to like some of the Japan typical societal issues, he doesn't give a fuck. And that those type of characters don't really exist in Japanese media at the moment. It made me anxious. Why? As these shows are meant to be so relatable, I I get terrified sometimes with the stuff I see in myself. And and you know the whole bit about him being a lazy slacker. I'm pretty darn sure that I projected a lot of anger onto that because of shame I feel about my own work habits. I don't know if I uh, if me and Tadano would get along. But he's not lazy. And I think that's part of the core thing about the series is he's not lazy. He's he, he works all of the AI. time. Yeah. yeah. And he drives around pitching his like company to successful businesses across Japan every day. He's in a car working nonstop. But his attitude is one that Japanese people don't really have, which is laid back. He's kind of chill. He doesn't really care if things go wrong, and he's like, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I just kind of feel bad about the DMV workers whose time he was wasting. But he was paying them. He's paying them money. I mean... But he didn't take any of it seriously. What do you mean? But does that matter? Why did he bother starting then if he wasn't going to take it seriously and wasn't invested in getting his driver's license? Well, he had a good... He had a good... In the end, he had a good reason, right? His reason was that he didn't want his driver to have to pretend to be driving him because it was illegal for AI cars in Japan to be working. So yeah, it's far. far Wait, no, that would have been a good reason for him to complete. I don't think he had a good reason to slack off and not get his driver's. No, he just couldn't do it. Is what he said. He couldn't. He couldn't apply himself. But I think that's kind of interesting because he spent a lot of time trying, but he couldn't get over that hump of doing, even though he's obviously super smart, right? So this is related to another family discussion question that's really a Liam discussion question. Can you actually put the fact that you have your driver's license on your resume in Japan? Yes, you can do it in the UK as well. Is that how difficult and how long and how special of an accomplishment it is? You do it in the UK as well. Like I have full clean driving license is usually something you would put on your CV resume in the uk definitely when i was first applying for jobs it it was something you should do because maybe some of the jobs you are applying for means that if you have a car (laughs) you're going to be advantageous or if you have the ability to drive yeah you're going to have an and japan there is definitely a case there are a lot of jobs where it's advantageous to have a license for sure because that struck me and matt is so weird really i'm i'm surprised is it just everybody in america drives so it's yeah it's extremely easy it's a rite of passage it's like voting for the first time when you turn 16 it's expected that you get your license and i feel like like that might have been something that was weirdly lost in translation was that she 
felt some anxiety over not having her driver's license at 25. Whereas to an American viewer, that sounds like an incredible failure. And it's yeah, I don't want to sound too yeah. judgmental, but it's not. I don't want to say it's not a big deal because it is a big deal. You turned 16, but you know, you're still a kid, a child. How, how long is how something long does it who's able to do that in the state? Like a week, a week. Just, I remember spending about a week and a half learning how to drive. Then you get a learner's permit where you drive for a whole year when you're 15, as long as you have your parent in the car with you. And then when you're 16, you, you show up, do the test for an hour. They uh, wow. have you drive kind of around the block of the DMV, then do a three point turn to park in the DMV parking lot. And that's it. This is why in Japan, Americans have to take the test, whereas British license holders don't have to. All we have to do is get our license translated, and then we get a license without taking a test in Japan. Because the test is harder in Because the test is harder in the UK. You have to have lessons, then you have to pass a theory test like you do in Japan, and then you have to pass a practical test. Theory test? It's fucking driving. A theory test, There's also the blood and gore slideshow they make them watch. They don't make you do that in the States either. They don't make you do that in the UK. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. But no, yeah, a theory <laughs> test is like all the road signs, like what do you do in these situations? It's like, and that you have to pass that before you're allowed your provisional license. And once you pass mm. that, you can get your provisional oh, license. God. And with the provisional license, you can then start learning to practical drive. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to be yeah. in a car with an instructor or a parent <sighs> under a certain like sticker on your car. And then only when the instructor thinks you're ready to take the test, You've only the instructor can book the test for you in most cases. You have to have like a guarantee. You can book the test by yourself, but I think it's a bit tougher. I can't remember if it's changed. And then it's a point system, right? And you start with full points and then you go down. Same in Japan. Like for every bad mistake you do, you get minus points. And then there's a threshold in which you have to get over. First time I failed. Sec and I thought Oof. I'd passed. I thought I did really well. Second time I took my test, I was moving to university and I was super stressed. And then I had the flu and I felt super sick. I went and took the test because it was booked anyway. I did terribly, I thought. I, the woman was talking to me the whole time. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to drive. It's fine. And then I passed. And I couldn't believe it because I was fucking so sick. I was like, how the hell did I do that? That was like, an, uh, like a mirage. I have no idea what just happened. Wow. So yeah, in the UK, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit more extensive for sure. <laughs> Can't just, just turn up at the DMV and be like, "Hey, hey, bros, can I, can I have a license?" There were a couple of quotes that had me and Matt like on the actual floor laughing, and one of them happened in the driver's license test when they were showing the the blood and gore pictures from the car wrecks, and it's like, even if your life will never be the same even if you live <laughs> <laughs> i wonder i wonder what the original japanese was for that one but in english that is the funniest shit yeah i think um yeah i think it's maybe referring to the shame of crashing and causing accidents like that that can be big news when that happens in japan um so yeah maybe it's just that you get that black Big mark news. on you <laughs> can do. I mean, news. what do you think Japanese news consists of? It's not crime. <laughs> oh my god, the US is so fucked compared to everywhere. Oh, else, dude, man. yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. But the local news know, is just just a bunch death. of just 
Damn. Drugs. Oh. Murder. Oh, you ever uh, read the comments on the local news too? No. Oh, you mean local on news comments? No, like on your local news website. I don't know what what oh, your no. city no, and I and not no. KLA Matt. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you check the comments on that website, I'm sure you'll see like public calls for for executions, uh, calling the criminals animals, and the profile picture Wait, will be like a 40 year old dad with a business sunglasses. and four kids, and he'll definitely have sunglasses on. It's like 4chan style hatred. But coming from like people you'd think would would have a little bit more sympathy and humanity in their hearts rather than. Yeah, it's like like the local news comments are 4chan for dad. (laughs) ABC seven is our local news. And the site's broken. Let's 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 not read the comments on on ABC 7's uh, latest stories about petty criminals. So there's one thing I wanted to go back on and reverse a little bit. So we have the different themes and it's a lot about Japan society. But I think one of them that stands out, of course, is the marriage one that, you know, everybody has opinions on or thoughts of and that kind of thing. And there's something, you know, uh, Washimi, the bird lady um, says like where she, you know, drops the bomb that she once was married and it lasted like four months. And then, you know, she's learned that it was a great lesson in life. And I think we've all had relationships like that. I wanted to ask Matt specifically about this because Matt has hundreds uh, times more experience than me and George in regards to this. Um, as somebody who is in that kind of same situation. Well seasoned. Yeah. Um <laughs> I wanted to ask when you when you heard that and how you feel about that now in terms of like watching her panic about. George saw my reaction. Oh well, he heard my reaction. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, she's not wrong. Like I, I understand where she's coming from. She's coming from a place of hurt, um, and she didn't allow herself to 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 get into another relationship again. And I think she's holding on to that. You you can't just shut yourself out, man. You can't just shut yourself out because then you're just not gonna find something good. Because not everyone is gonna let you down, or you know you're gonna learn some stuff about yourself. Yes, you're gonna progress. You're gonna you're supposed to. You're supposed to become a better person. You're supposed to every year, right? You're supposed to self reflect. No, no, this year. Yeah, you're supposed to, and and then. But what she's done is that she just doesn't trust trust anybody. <laughs> Liam is looking up to God. I, I'm wondering why my fan is making so much noise. But I, I'm super intrigued by the fact that, like, Agaretsuko is so obsessed with marriage, right? But doesn't understand mm-hmm. it and doesn't understand why she wants it. She only wants it because, I mean, in the first series she had, I think, what, every... Uh, Japanese woman who works in a corporate life, which was, I'm going to be a housewife and my life will be easier because I don't have to turn up to my job every day. That isn't a completely valid reason in Japan and happens all the time. Um, That's so awful. Uh, it's terrible. It is fucking terrible. It's awful, but yeah. um, the kind of thing that she's, you know, she's obsessed with and 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 she wants to uh, have it so badly, but doesn't quite understand it. Do you watch her and you're like, Poor, poor child, you just, you just don't understand yet. Yeah, I mean, she's understanding now, but and that's why, that's why I was saying, like, the first thing I said after me and George finished is like, that's why you date kids. <laughs> that's why you date, like, 
she she hasn't experienced anything yet. That's what she thinks that way. So like childlike. All she's done is she's done nothing. She's like 25 years old. She needs to fucking get out there so she knows what she wants. You know, guys too. Guys is the same way. We had an interesting exchange. I think Anai said something along the lines of marriage is just a piece of paper. And I think Matt was like shaking his head. Yes, you don't need a piece of paper to to I do to be committed to loving someone for their whole life. Whereas I was like, but wait, think of the kids. That piece of paper, I get it, but I feel like like the marriage contract still exists partially for the protection of, of any kids that get involved. But see that that whole thinking in general is bad. That's the whole thinking is negative. Like it's protection for the kids from what? From the parents fucking each other up in the divorce that's proceedings the and then fucking the kids' lives up in the process. <laughs> See, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it's all negative. You're getting married only because you, you, just in case you fuck over each other. Like that that's that's so fucking weird. It reminds me of the Blink-182 song, Stay Together for the Kids. <laughs> Stay Together, yeah. Like, it, it's, like that whole, it, it just, it sucks. It's like, not to say I, I would never get married again, but like, it's just one of those things where I don't want someone staying with me because we have a piece of paper and it's a lot of energy just to, to, to sign that piece of paper so we can go in front of a judge and get it straightened out i don't want someone staying for me for that i want someone staying for me for for me i want a paper holding them back and vice versa and and that's how the way i think you yeah know what I'm saying? I, 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 and, and 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 if that doesn't exist if that type of love doesn't exist then I, I, hey listen listen man single life ain't that bad <laughs> I don't disagree with anything. I can tell that room you're in has seen some. Hey, hey. <laughs> that California no life is over there, my friend. I don't, I don't disagree with anything you just said so much as I still have horrible images in my head of like how shitty some parents can be to their kids and how much more like informal and fucked up it would be if those kids didn't have any kind of legal protection in society from one parent let's say i don't know murdering the other parent and then taking all the assets away it's extreme it's exaggerated but it happens sometimes and there's still some sort of layer of social safety net for the kids in that case that comes from don't don't they have some type of laws for kids like when you have like when you have a baby daddy, like there, there's something that connects them. Like you still gotta, something still happens. Yeah, child support, child support, all sorts of things. There's no way. Like if you live with someone for a certain amount of time, I think. I mean, in Japan, it right there. Japan is quite archaic in these things, right? Like, if you have kids with somebody and you break up, in the eyes of Japanese law, regardless of where you're married or you're not, you're divorced or whatever, the the mother of the children has custody automatically unless you can absolutely 100% prove that they are unfit to be the custodian mm. 
And you can read a lot of stories about foreigners who have children with Japanese uh, partners. Um, I mean, obviously, we're talking about mothers. So, you know, females, they don't get to see their kids. Like the wife will just up and leave and then go live with her parents in the mountains or something. Won't contact them, won't talk to them or anything. Dude won't be able to see his kids. Like, and there's nothing they can do because in the eyes of the law, the mother has full rights of custody. And it it can be heartbreaking. Yeah. Some of the stories about it. So even with legal laws in that regard in this country, um, that doesn't really matter. (laughs) I also have you know i've been in two long relationships and you know there are times where it's like i want to get married then i don't and you know in japan it would benefit me greatly to get married like <laughs> to live here forever and do what i want oh yeah you get citizenship that way right yeah but it's the it's just the wrong reason to do so their only reason really should ever be love right <laughs> And I but even then, the- if you are in, and this is kind of why I think Tadano has some f- form of good thinking that is being progressive in Japanese society, is that if you truly love someone, want to be with them, I don't think you have to get married if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's something you have to discuss with your partner because, in the instance of Tadano and Retsuko, I feel sorry for both of them because. It just couldn't pan out in the way that they wanted because one would always be giving up for the other. I don't feel bad too much for that relationship because he's there's there's like one line he says. He says he says something about like how do you know that two people can love each other forever? He says that. He says that in in the the karaoke booth and I'm like, "Dude, I thought you said you wanted to be with her forever. You don't say that line right now." Mhm. And I was yeah. like, I didn't feel bad after that. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> well, you said that and you don't want to get married? Nah, buddy. You, know, like, <laughs> you can hit the curve, man. <laughs> how the hell has he gone all the way through life never meeting like a happy old couple, you know? Like, like a lot of those examples of really long-lasting, lifelong marriage relationships, I feel like, like I've seen a ton of them throughout my family, throughout my life. I don't want to say it's the default normal, but yeah. But I've got to admit, you're you're a product of your environment, and anybody who is our age, I'm going to say like 35 to 18 right now, has been dating and living in an era <laughs> of internet. I was like 35 to what? <laughs> like you, you, went you back know to what 18. I mean? Like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that pinnacle. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Has seen that, like, mm. in this day and age, getting married and having kids in a house and stuff like that is not, that's something that is something you have to sacrifice for, right? You've got to sacrifice your career in a lot of instances, especially if you're the female, like, traditionally. And a lot of people just don't want to go for that. And we live in an era where there are dating apps and all this kind of stuff. It's being a product of your environment. And see, and saying, like, old couples, blah, blah, blah. It's like, eh, well, their environment was very different and people are getting married less for that very reason and and it's also the west and not japan and liam please feel free to correct me for stereotyping but isn't the stereotypical japanese marriage something that typically gets pretty miserable in one's later years (sighs) Um, I, i think i think you have told me as much like like old japanese couples for some reason are stereotyped as miserable and not loving each other after that many years 
it's well known that in Japan, marriage can be not something built on love. It's built uh, on mm-hmm. yeah. business and that that status. might be where, where some of this is coming from from him actually. And that kind of thing doesn't last, um, yeah. because it never will. Mm-hmm. Be, <laughs> human beings are not programmed like that, right? And it's quite well known in Japan when women have children, they tend to be completely disinterested in the intimate side of uh, this is all like typical stereotypes in japan but it's not unfounded and these are things that generally do happen and i actually have a case of somebody i know where where this kind of thing did happen to him um once you have children like that's it the baby becomes the entire world and life for you know the wife or the or, or the female and they become disinterested in things that keep healthy relationships going which is physical intimacy and going on dates and sleeping even in the same bed and uh, you know more traditional stuff to deal to do with keeping a healthy relationship going like and that deteriorates right and most often or not deteriorates into passive aggressive nature that then descends into you know no desire to be around each other and they tend to stay together for the kids like that. And that is, uh, is not great. I don't think. Yo, listen, yeah. My rent's cheap. All right. I got things going on. I pay for myself. I mean, it sounds, it sounds very lonely. Let me tell you, but I don't want that. God, I don't want that. Man. Yeah. That scares me a lot. It does. Like, it does. And, and I think humans, they want companionship. I want companionship myself. I don't like search for it, like need it in my life right now. You know, I feel like it. Yeah, there is certainly something to be said about that. And I think one thing that I personally, my own personal growth as a human since my previous relationship before my current girlfriend, which, you know, we've now been together almost three years and, you know, it's an she's amazing. She's my best friend and everything. Um, But the prior relationships of that, when we started this podcast and we talked about that was really bad right like you guys know like that was really bad and the one thing that i learned from that in terms of like being on my own and at wanting that companionship and stuff like that is and this is gonna sound cheesy and everybody listening please believe me on this it's about being happy with yourself mm-hmm. and i don't think you really truly can give to another person what they need out of you yeah. until you are able to do it to yourself mm-hmm. and i am like i could go weeks without meeting anybody because i am quite content and this is not introverted because yeah. i'm very i'm pretty much an extrovert right, right 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 i can be quite happy because i know what makes me happy i know what i want out of a relationship is the things that i give to myself so i already know i already know what type of relationship is going to work for me because i know the small things that will make me happy the things that pick me up and how to sort of cheer myself up and it is kind of about loving yourself first i it's yeah. worked for me i don't know if it works for everybody but that really helps put into perspective what you need to do in a relationship and how also it can be a mm-hmm. successful one yeah like i i've honestly just learned to have self-respect for myself to say no to things I don't want to do because I wouldn't put a partner through things they don't want to do. Why should I put myself through things I don't want to do? Mm-hmm. And learning to treat yourself, look after yourself, really like just be like, 
treating the best friend you ever have, which is like yourself, <laughs> the person you have to deal with 24-7 is going to make that person happy. And the byproduct of that is you are going to be happy. And that is like wishy-washy, but yeah. It's absolutely true, though. Like, I felt it myself. Like, after the bike trip, I I, I was a charismatic, suave bastard and was dating all the time. And then, like, like a past year, I don't know if I want to talk about it. But it absolutely <laughs> correlates with how much self-esteem I have at the time. It's like, how attractive do I think I am is mm. how hard... I'm going to try to attract other people, but I also don't know in terms of how I've, I've spent my time in my life over the past year. I, I don't know if I can keep as much small talk going compared to previous years. You know, like it has a lot to yeah. do with with whether or not you would date you is is what can give you the confidence to start dating other people. And it takes it takes months of getting your shit together to reach that point for me. Mm. And it, it goes up and down throughout the years dramatically. It's 100%, right? It's like your self-confidence skyrockets and you're like, I can do anything. I can take on anything and I can be interesting to anybody and, and that kind of thing. And if you, can, if you can learn to keep that going, it's not about that spark, that, that, that time when you're feeling it. It's about, you know, consistently picking yourself up, understanding what you like, what you don't like, and and helping yourself. Like, today, I feel a bit off my game. I'm going to go for a walk to my favorite place, and I'm going to get, like, a coffee, and I'm just going to do something that I know will make me happy that I'm getting myself back in the game. The Like, the way you would treat any partner when they're dad, uh, dad, when they're down and they're sad <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Um You've got to do it for yourself. And that kind of is a byproduct of then leading into a good relationship, I think. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with yourself, how, how much brain space can you dedicate? Someone else. To someone right. else. The yeah, phrase, how can you love someone else if you can't love you, is like, like so fucking true. Because then you get distracted from loving someone else because you got more shit of your own problems to, to deal with. Exactly. So, yeah, to go back to Agonetsko, like, that's how good this series was, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. And sure, one thing I wanted to bring up, I really appreciate 15-minute anime episodes. Oh, my yeah. God, yes. We're, we're talking about how fast it oh. is and how, like, I wish more anime was like this. Please, God. I really, really appreciate it. That anime is so well-paced like it's so it's such a different vibe it gives you everything you need like like the english dubbers are are like loud and laughing and and it, the episodes are over in 15 minutes the whole season is over in two and a half hours it's there's so no good. static images you're just staring at there's a lot of like animation like maturity in it it's it's i'm very impressed ryan sorry i took this long ryan <laughs> I can't believe they make food look good in this style. Like mm. as as simple as Japanese food in general. Even even when the shapes are like extremely simple, like like flash looking thick lines of all all vector trace stuff with solid colors and not a lot of grit and texture, the food still made me hungry. How do they do it? How do they? It do did that? make me. It did make me pine. I I've missed this Japanese summer. I've missed going to like matsuri festivals and eating food stall stuff. I haven't done yeah. that since New Year's New Year's oh, Eve man. last year. It did make me reminisce and be like, damn, Japan is such a great social place. Yeah, Fuck. I love the festivals. They're so cute. 
And and I guess like like we saw in this season, it's such like a, a great way to get the community together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, another thing about that is, you know, he asks for them to do it on a weekend, which is so <laughs> typical. And, you know, it's like fun, but it's mandatory and nothing is fun when it's mm-hmm. mandatory. Now, is there, Matt, is there anything else from it that you can impart your wisdom on? We know you got this pot. You got those pockets of wisdom in there, my friend. Come on. We always talk. It's finally we we talk about something that like is something I would talk about off podcast, like something I would sit in the corner of a party and talk about. Like this is the first time we've we haven't talked about a Matt subject in a while. <laughs> in a while, dude. I was I was I was hungry. So this this felt good. I'm not gonna lie. To talk about something real, <laughs> and nothing nothing like a uh, fucking anime, a good translated <laughs> anime to, to to get us talking about fucking life. Oh my god. Um, no, we can move on to something, some games. Well, man. it's only gonna take us another two years to watch season three, so you know, plenty yeah, of well, time, Matt. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I'll 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 dip on into it quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it probably by the end of this week. I'm on a yeah. let's go it's high. I want to watch more. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I've been playing Wasteland Three. Just gonna jump right into it. I was tempted because it's on Game Pass, but I was like, Crusader Kings is coming out, and I, that's what I want to be playing. So, or at least Good try to. Good-ass games this week on Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah. man. Holy Game shit. Pass. We go Good, back to the man. conversation we had last week about Xbox, and it's like, damn, why would you buy anything else? Matt, tell it's us. It's $5. It's $5, dude. All right. So, I decided to pick this up because, you know, it was... Uh, it's. I played all the Fallout games. Fallout 1, 2, 3, 4. Ugh. Let's not talk about 4. Um, and, <laughs> well, 76. Um, some, yeah, at New Vegas. Um, yeah, 76. Oh, God. Um, 76 is also on Game Pass, and I looked, and I was like, mm, nope. Uh, not, even, not even worth <laughs> free. Not even worth free. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's oof. Yeah, I, oof. I, I value my time, George. I value my time. And seventy six. <laughs> Why the George? It's, it's, it's you said ooh. So if if okay, if we get a group going, I'll play, but not by myself. That's this is a no for me. Um, Even that's too group, much to download. No Crusader Kings is five gigs. Five gigs. I'm I'm down. I already have that downloaded. It's five gigs. Freaking freaking simulator was like 150 for that. That's bullshit, man. Yeah. Well, I, I you guess you could I have a hundred Crusader Kings. Hundred Crusader. No, Kings. wait. No, you could have. Tw- hundred well, Crusader. Can't do math. Um, but wasteland. What is hundred divided by for twenty five? You can have twenty five Crusader Kings. <laughs> but I saw it on Game Pass, and I was like, I, I've always saw the preview on Game Pass. But I never downloaded it, never gave it a try. And I didn't know how, like, was this going to be goofy? I didn't know what it was. So I gave it a try. It's like Fallout 2, you know, the old school Fallout 2, but branched out of it and goofy as fuck. And there's voice acting everywhere in everything. Um. It there's a like, surprising amount of like, like I, I don't know like depth to this. Like it's 
you, it's the been world, getting good the, reviews. Yeah, the the world is the world is good. The world is satisfying to to, to explore in, and 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 the the combat is actually not bad. You got the you got the of course the Overwatch feature, right? So which is ambush in this one when you're fighting. So it's it's kind of mm. like XCOM. You have you know regular, you know, you have your sniper, your assault rifles your uh pistols everything is kind of in its own category you can kind of level up each one and it tells you exactly what skills do exactly what your points are going into it's very self-explanatory almost it's satisfying to play it's satisfying to play the combat and it's satisfying to talk to just random strangers because they always have something weird to say or something goofy there's always something interesting there like even the shopkeepers have something interesting to say. Like it, it's it's good, and it's um I've been to like three areas, and it's always the same. It's consistent, you know. And like they keep tossing out like as soon as you go into open world, they give you two options. Like oh, you either save this person, and 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 this person is not just like some random distress call that you have. It has something to do with like something that just happened, an enemy that just killed someone that you, you may have known. And then, like, you have, like, this other person that has, like, power armor was, like, thrown in into that distress call. Like, wait, 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 power armor? What? Is it? Save a family or power armor? You're like, it, there's a lot of little things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you just don't, you don't know what you're going to get. But you only could pick one. There's, there's a, lots of, a lot of interesting things. Um, I got to say, I am enjoying it. I'm probably going to finish that game. I'm probably going to finish that. Then I'll move on to Crusader Kings. So I'm tempted. The only thing that's put me off Wasteland, I will admit, I don't, I'm not a fan. It looks just blue, like like that snowy. It's colors. Yeah, like it, all, all the environments look very samey and like blue and gray and snow no. everywhere. No, but no, there's colors. There's colors. There's, there's additional colors. There's actually colors. <laughs> I look, I had a, I look up, um, I sometimes I put like you know Wasteland three review and sometimes like, mm. a ACG pops up. Um, I I did that's the that's you know, all like, I watched yeah. and then I yeah. you know yeah I watch it and then you know you skip he loved it. it right yeah you skip through it and you see like like oh yeah this is colorful and I'm like oh thank God I don't mm. like just greens and blues it just gets kind of boring after a while but yeah there's colors um in like the cities and stuff like that it depends on where you go but i think uh a, a certain city does have a certain look uh but like the place i'm at colors everywhere neon lights and shit like that and that's like uh that's like the second area you go to i'm very tempted so. and it's tactics it's like tactics ah yeah i know yeah. i'm not usually into it I'm not. I'm so into tactics. <laughs> You're so into it, right? Like the I, older you get, it. the more turn-based gets fun over real time. It's very appealing. <laughs> it's so appealing. Oh my god! I was looking at like footage of the Avengers that comes out at the end of this week, and I was like, "Looks good." But Crusader Kings allows me to pause the game and make my decision. <laughs> oh my god. I'm going to play that, I think. <laughs> I didn't know it had a story mode. I thought it was just some type of, like, multiplayer co-op thing. It is, but it has, like, a, like, kind of like Destiny, but a bit more fleshed out, like a full-on story about Miss Marvel oh. or whatever her name is. And then that's when you can play missions, like, 
that are because it's a games as a service, right? It's a games as a service game. Uh, and oh, then what? You, yeah, yeah. Like it's lo- it's like Destiny or uh, okay. Diablo or something, I think. And you replay missions and you get loot and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Huh. Okay. okay. But it's funny because the beta impressions for the game were not great to say the least. Right. But then people have been playing it now because it's out like for early pre-order adapters and like the review, a couple of early impressions coming through saying, holy shit, the beta did this game no favors because the actual game itself is pretty tight. So, yeah, I don't know. Seems interesting, but there's a lot of games coming out at the moment and Game Pass offering free games like Wasteland 3 and Crusader Kings 3. Yeah, is pretty so cool. much to play right now, man. Thank God. I've started playing Crusader Kings 3 today and I'm like this is an adventure I've never been on before I've never played these types of games before but I'm having a blast so far three hours in but next (laughs) week we'll see if that changes yeah yeah I'm actually gonna pick that up in a in a couple days so we both will be on on that topic I'm very intrigued to see how many sons I can kill of my own Oh, wow. Oh, literal sons, too, in that case, because isn't that what you do in that case? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I already got a son killed, um, so that was a mistake. Man, That's terrible. rich people just can't even get along with their own families. Anyways. I know, right? Always trying to forge alliances that always go wrong, inevitably. What's the point? We got, we got one game in. We're still technically a video game podcast. We got one game in. Speaking of incorporating your family members into alliances that might have been mistakes. Um, <laughs> Segway. Segway and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I feel like you're a little ballsy for putting this one on the docket, Liam. We're going to talk about Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Elite Squad is, is what it's called. What the hell is that? It's a mobile game. No wonder everybody who was like, hang on a second, a new Tom Clancy's game? Mm-hmm. Um. No, it's a mobile game. That's why you've never heard they of it. They pissed off everybody with this one. <laughs> this 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 reminds me a lot of um that uh Blizzard Diablo mobile game announcement. No, 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 no. They this didn't is have very, no, no, real this is very, life. very different. Let's not put it those is, two it in the is. category. It's not it uh, uh, newsflash, it's not because it's a mobile game people are angry. That is nothing to do with why. It's just the premise of what the game is. The premise of what the game is that a, a terrorist organization called called Umbra is taking advantage of the social unrest of protests. Uh, their emblem is something oh, extremely freaking close Wait, to the actual Black Lives Matter logo. Well, no, it's the it's the raised black. What? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's no. one yeah. of a couple reasons they used the black fist for the bad guys. Oh no! Where's Tom Clancy's son right now? Where is he? Okay. Is he listening? Tom Clancy. What was it? What's his Thomas? Is his name Thomas? Thomas. What his are you name's doing? also Tom Clancy. I, I, and he's dead. <laughs> so, it's more Ubisoft we're talking about now. <laughs> he's dead. Tom Clancy's dead. Yeah, he's been dead no, for a while. I didn't know that. <laughs> I think he's been dead for like 10 years. I feel so sad now. <laughs> I'm so sad now. Point being, a new Ubisoft game. Oh, no. That <laughs> a video came out for, and people were like, hey, oh my what God. the fuck? 
bad guys that were meant to be military taking out. So obviously, as Rainbow Six, you'd be taking out this populist uprising. These terrorists who are... Yeah, the terrorists are the populist uprisers this time. Who use the symbol of a, you know, raised black fist. Um, Didn't go down so well. Additionally, there were a little other details about this story that make this nugget even juicier. <laughs> the director of this game and the manager of the studio behind it is Charlie Guimont, the son of Yves Guimont, who is the Ubisoft CEO. So in addition to like playing it real fast and loose and slopshod with current events, there's also a bit of like nepotism going on involved. <laughs> Matt, the guy who's running the studio is the CEO of Ubisoft's son, right? Get this. He graduated university in 2013. He became the manager head of a studio in 2013. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. Things that oh make you go, hmm. Nepotism. God. And the tone I mean, of this trailer is so, like, cartoonishly evil, almost, that I am legit half expecting for the game to come out and there to be a plot twist to find out that you're working for the bad guys all along. With the way that the announcer has this this sinister scowl behind him, the way you see these these protests in like a big evil command center room broadcasted on multiple monitors, with the announcer describing populist uprising and terrorism in the same sense. It strikes me as very much the first half of Deus Ex. I, I you know, don't want to call it or anything, but it, the vibe, it just seems so, so off. Like, how can, how can anyone watching this think that you're the good guys? You know? I <sighs> guess, I guess, okay, disclaimer though, when I was a kid and playing Deus Ex for the first time, they got me. I thought you, Natco, was the good guys. So the problem here, I guess, is that kids playing that who don't know better are going to think that they're not going to know. It's it's just like, read the fucking room, Ubisoft. One, nobody really is that into you at this moment in time. You have been accused of incredible negligence inside of your company to do, do with the power harassment, sexual harassment, racism, etc. To then be like, I know, let's have the CEO Sun Studio release a trailer for a game that's very similar to things that are happening. But, but, and this is the juicy spin on it. The good guys are the bad guys. <laughs> so it turns out that in this game where you're shooting the, 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 pro, the Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah, you're shooting the Black Lives Matter protest is essentially uh, good on you. Uh, Ubisoft. My God, come on. But games aren't political, right, guys? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I just want to be the Avengers, and I just want to save the day. It's so, okay, so tricky when, when, dealing, when dealing with Tom Clancy's stuff. Like, what especially kills me about this is that it's like an, an Overwatch-style all the heroes are getting together sort of game. So they have a lot of characters from, from um, Rainbow Six Siege in there alongside I, Sam I, I, Fisher. I mean, I could go, I could throw all the way back to our Ghost of Tsushima talk from a couple of weeks ago. Like, I don't get the double standards in gaming in America in the sense that the US Army had a Twitch account. 
war is bad. Let's ban and spam US Army account. But new Call of Duty trailer comes out. Oh, this game look fun. It's like, hey. Oh, God, that one is so nasty, too. Double standards. It's like today. uh, Well, this is a side tangent of news that while I was asleep last night broke, it seems that uh, GameSpot had a deal with the National Guard, whatever that is in America, and was like, let's find out from National Guard Lieutenant blah, 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 man, uh, what his favorite games are from Gamescom. And everyone's like, GameSpot, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, hey, weren't all of you just talking about Call of Duty last week after it was announced? Like, man, you just, come on. You want to know something fun about America, Liam? Is there anything? When you get your driver's license, you are pressured into <laughs> signing up for the selective service of the National Guard. Oh my gosh. You're all going to end up being enlisted at some point in some dumb war in like North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. The National Guard oh, is the branch that. that's supposed to defend the country in the case of invasion. <laughs> but you know, you know, the best defense is a good offense. It's a, it's a preemptive strike is, is what I'm sure. Trying to hire all those pro gamers. Get ninja on it. Be, get ninja to be the spokesperson. You know, he does anything for money. People who have also played Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands have apparently noticed that both the villain and the hero are fighting side by side against the protesters in a elite squad. I can't believe that. Games, games are fun. Call of Duty games are fun, but it's the fetish side, fetish fetish fetishization. The fetishization? Come on, George, you you pronounce good words. Fetishization. There you go. Um, Of (laughs) war. (laughs) Fetishization. I know what it's saying. In America, that is the problem. (laughs) The thing that really like makes me feel bad about myself and breaks my confidence and makes it so much harder to date is that this is a reminder that video games are like so fucking immature half the time. Like that was Mm. embarrassing to watch. Well, knowing that I am into this hobby, like that made me ashamed. Ah! And this is the first thing people attach themselves to. Like, oh, you play video games? Oh, you heard about that? That stupid, insensitive shit that happened? I was like, yeah, I heard that. It's not, it's not, it's not everyone. <laughs> and then you just shrivel down and you, you don't want to, your body language changes. It's like, all right, let me show you snipper clips real quick. Let me just show you snipper clips. This, look, this, give me yeah. a second. Let me show you snipper clips. Let me I show you God, you like video games. <laughs> Yeah. When your girl wants to play Elite Squad, but you just want to play snipper clips. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like when, when we used to say, like, oh, you work in video games. Ah, oh, yeah. What, do you work on Call of Duty? <laughs> no. It seems like such a different vibe than in the 90s and the turn of the millenniums where it was associated with like smart nerds. And now video games are associated with like dumb kids. No, with fucking dorky nerds. Games have taken a step in immaturity, which is crazy. More positive news. Oh, well, no, the next news story is positive. It's it's a consumer. It technically counts. It's a consumer win. I'm surprised this hasn't been a thing earlier, to be honest. Get that money. Get that money, money. Nintendo is now allowing cancellations for digital game pre-orders in Japan. That is a good thing. Yeah, you had to pre-purchase, you know. You have to do it on the PlayStation Store as well, right? I don't know because I don't pre-order video games. 
<laughs> well, I do. Only if it's going to reap some sort of benefit. Like, the only reason I pre-purchase games digitally, because I buy everything digitally now, I will admit, I think the last physical game I bought was Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Honestly, that's the last one I remember buying. Um, but I do pre-purchase a lot of things if I can pre-install them. And that is a big thing for me. But I would like the leeway time of being like, I'm going to spend $60 on Microsoft Simulator and then pre-purchase it and then be like, hmm, maybe this is not a good idea. And being able to revert that decision would be nice. (laughs) I'm surprised this hasn't been a thing earlier because when you pre-order a game, you're not getting like a physical product subtracted from the value of the seller's inventory at that time. It seems like the stakes would be way, way lower and they'd be more happy to refund your purchase than if you bought a physical thing that exists in the, that already a product that's already released. I think it's because I don't think they're going to see any dips in actual pre-purchases down to cancellations. I don't think that's going to happen, but the good favor this puts you in, then the good press is, like, pretty grand, right? It seems, I don't know, I'm getting the vibe of, like, too little, too late. But, you you know, I'm, I'm more critical about this stuff than you are, so. Yeah, but it, but, it, but it now exists, right? Even if it is late, at least it now exists. So it technically counts as, as progress. It's like voting for Joe yeah. Biden. Oh, my God. <laughs> at, least, at least the opposition exists now. <laughs> It technically counts as progress. And please, for the love of God, vote Joe Biden. <laughs> Americans, please. You know what's going to happen. Don't say it, Matt. Don't you <laughs> evoke it. Don't you make the, the it's prediction. It's not going to be my Don't... fault. It's not Speaking of fault. the inevitable, we've got some questions, George. It's 2020. It only gets worse. <laughs> Matt, I, I swear. I swear. Matt. Mm. and and what will happen is it will be because it's in november and january 2021 will be when the next president is sworn in it will be the icing on the cherry it's still in that window of 2020 where everything (laughs) shitty happens speaking of fucking hell rest in peace chadwick boseman jesus christ my God, man! The guy, the guy's a gangster. First of all, guy's a gangster. Cancer, wow! Cancer, dude. Made movies between chemo. Come on, man! What a what a what a fucking legend! And he was in like <laughs> incredible shape. Incredible shape. You don't have no excuse. Man was on chemo. <laughs> man was on chemo. That guy who interviewed him was posting on Twitter and like, yeah, I asked him this in 2017 it was like oh man you must be you know losing and bulking up and losing and bulking up must be tough on your body and he's like you have no idea (laughs) 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 one day i will tell the story if i live to tell the story or something like that and uh very poignant that sucks man that is a fucking kicker what a great actor he did more in four years (laughs) with cancer than most of us will ever do um he left the so mark on the world he did he he definitely did and 2020 can go fuck itself yep but do you know who can't fuck themselves george mm. 
wonderful people who give us questions. If you would like to give us questions, then send them in to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Wait, they can find And slash or suggest them. <laughs> and slash in our or wonderful Discord. Suggest them in our wonderful Discord listener questions channel. Eric B has our first question for the week. Uh, they say in episode 132 weeks back, uh, a listener asked you about which games you would want to give to your future potential sons or daughters, a topic which I think could be discussed further since the answers you gave were about your early video game memories. I'm concerned that my future kids will unavoidably stumble into the swamp of crappy mobile games unless I actively steer them away from those. What games would you want to show to your four-year-old kids? Say, behold, young one, this is a video game. You, you know how um, Super Mario Odyssey, right? Like how we play Super Mario Odyssey and we're like, oh, yeah, this is a good game. Well, at least I was like, oh, it's, it's a good game. But like 64 Whoa. was like, whoa, you know, don't you rewrite history. I was the only one who liked Odyssey, and you two fucking no, I didn't like, gave no. me hell about it. At 64, for 64 weeks. was. Odyssey's fine, I guess. Yes, you that's what I'm saying. Like, but the young kids who played Odyssey are like, whoa, fucking Odyssey. It's like amazing. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, it's a like, good game. if I find a good game that all the kids like, maybe I should show them instead of like saying, like, oh, you should play Super Mario World. Because that's, that's what I would want to share. Like, this is what daddy grew up with. So what you're going to say is you're going to show your kid Valorant and how good you're at Valorant and be like, this is a video game and daddy's really good at how, that. I, I'm in a fucking bronze club, okay? <laughs> fucking bronze club. Something about streaming and playing a shooter is just absolute garbage. Like, I can't, really? I can't do it. I really enjoy Hunt Showdown and Rainbow Six Siege on stream. Like shooters that have downtime for you to glance at the chat and or shooters that have downtime. So after your cool shooter moments, you can look at the chat. I, I've, I've tried playing faster <laughs> games I just and did. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point, isn't it? You're, you show it, you're broadcasting to an audience. Broadcasting that skill. Yeah. I actually, okay. My, my. I actually play better at Hunt Showdown when I'm streaming it. My highest skills, my, my highest kill streaks, my highest KD ratios have happened on stream. I think something about the pressure gets me trying harder in that really? game in particular. And it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had server wiped. I did a 12 person kill streak in on a on a stream in Hunt Showdown. And that's the only time I managed to pull that off in that game. Must have been on Adderall. <laughs> he's got a, he's got an aimbot. We both know it. Yeah. No, no. It's just when I'm when I'm alone, <laughs> I fuck around, and I don't want to. I don't want to make people. It's think web. That I'm a web bad player gave on you. Stream. Web gave you an aimbot. It would no, be web. No, it's. I'm just good at that game. That's all. <laughs> I definitely do when I'm playing. I don't play shooters on stream because I don't play shooters that often because I'm terrible at them. But I definitely do think about games through more because you tend to mm -hmm. read for the stream or you tend to read the yeah. text and not glance over yeah. it whereas when i'm playing a game by myself i'm like text <laughs> that really? never got read yeah i honestly uh. i'm playing Cru crusader kings now and i'm like i have to teach myself this is fascinating to read it because like, i do read it and understand it when I was streaming Troy Total War, I was doing worse than I was by myself because that's the kind of game where I want to think through my next move for like 10 good minutes. Yeah. And the pressure of having to go faster on the but stream. No, I feel like I feel like those games lend themselves to you explaining. I would want to listen to you 
think, because obviously I'm going to look at the situation as a viewer and I'm going to be like, I think you should do this. And obviously mm-hmm. Chad's going to be telling you what to do because that's what Chad does. But I would want to hear your thought process if you're talking about it at least constantly. What your thought process is about how you get to that decision instead of making a quick snap decision and being like, ah, let's just do this. Yeah. So when we show a game to any children that we have, they're going to think about this stuff. It sounds like we're getting off topic, but they're going to want to stream it because that's the the childhood they're growing up in, right? (laughs) Breath of the Wild. Really? Uh... I'd be like, this is video games. This has every old and new system, <laughs> gameplay system of video games in one neat little package. I'm sure the ch- the kids would like it, but I'd want to pick something that maybe me and the kids could talk longer. Like it, it wouldn't be like something like Mass Effect or anything like that. Something, <laughs> you know, you, you, like you ever played, you ever played Mass Effect again? You ever, you ever tried to go back yeah. and see? Like it's, I played two. It's old, man. No, one it is old. One is old. Like yeah, but nobody you plays can't one. Why would anybody bullets. go back and play one? The, Why would it's like anybody shooting, go back and play one? It's like you're shooting air. It's like you're shooting air, man. It's because you're asking an RPG studio in the beginning to make a shooter. That's why it didn't turn out that great until they made the second one. Yeah, the I would want to pick a game that 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 has a little bit more of an educational side to it. Why? That's not what games were in the beginning. <laughs> what? No, I want to raise my Give kid on SimCity like though. I was raised on SimCity. Yeah, Minecraft. I would love to actually... Oh, that sounds like a blast. Playing Minecraft with the kids sounds like a blast. Yeah, but the point is that it's behold, young one, this is a video game. Like the quintessential... Like when I think of that quote, I think of like the PS2 era titles that would come out and they'd all have the same ui they'd have the same controls that ever like if you played one you could play 10 others because they all were in some sort of similar vacuum where they had like an identity to them that was like this is the most video gamey video game thing you know we live in an era now where that kind of thing doesn't exist anymore like the most video game video game i've played in a long time is probably something like destiny or something like that i'd probably like want to wait a few years for that though maybe maybe like show them what video games can potentially do good in the world first as their formative first impression and then maybe move on to the like the the stereotypical picture perfect this is what what video games as pure entertainment are later yeah ultimately i think the question is is an elitist one right it's like your opinion oh yeah totally is a video game right and it's like is fortnite a video game do we consider no, I, the most popular played video game? I by mean, definition, it's a video game. It's, I wouldn't introduce my kid to Fortnite at yeah, first. I'd, I'd want it to be something me and them can connect on, and something that might also like like give them Mario a little Kart. bit more of a positive impression. We'd end up like fighting if we played Mario Kart, but with Minecraft, we can cooperate. Fucking Hollow Knight, my friend. Hollow Knight. <laughs> that is a pretty video gamey video game. It is a pretty that video game. That would scare but the kids. It's, it's, yeah, it's not it's not very kid friendly. I probably wouldn't do that. But like that's like like those games are like the the Metroidvania games are the only games that I've played through more than once. Like I don't play the games or watch movies more than once. So Yeah, like, I tend not to consume media multiple times. I definitely don't watch TV series or movies again. Like yeah, I, I watched I can't. Uh, Whiplash a few times, but like I really love that movie. It, like I had to really like it, and I think 
Metrovania games, I think I tend to like be they okay with having games. that upgrade system. Like, because like the skill is still there. You just have these upgrades that kind of like get you past certain obstacles. So like you can still like learn a, a boss's pattern and be able to defeat that boss pretty easily and get through it faster. It feels, it feels like you're getting somewhere, you know, other than some games, you know, you, you, you literally have to progress in a linear fashion, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I, you guys got to pick one. You got to pick one. We got to answer the question. Breath of the Wild. I'm going with Minecraft. Minecraft. I, I, w- I would go old school. I'll go Mario Super Mario World. I feel like it'll st- it'll be too hard for it, but I'll still do it. I'll still do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm with I'm with you. I think Mario is like you know the yeah. ultimate definition of what is a video game. Yeah. Um, Platformers but it's kind are of like the my easy thing. answer. Yeah. I still do think of that PS2 era where like a lot of the games were just similar. And they they felt so video gamey, power ups, health points, uh, the same linear level design, like yeah. that, like that. Okay, yeah. maybe maybe when the kid's a teenager, we'll go through some PS2 classics like like DMC three and MGS three. Yeah, I want to show them the bouncer from Square Enix. <laughs> oh, with streaming, I do do well with Fall Guys on stream. I did win a few times. I have seen you playing yeah, that. Fall Guys would be a fun kid game yeah. yeah i won a few times i was like oh shit yeah dude you're gonna take tim the tap man's crown oh, please you're gonna oh, become the new fall fall look fall at this guy, guy gassing me <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i actually got better at it though but yeah it was amazing i was it, watching you oh, was you, like you, the hardest did you skip through some of the the the, the no i watched time I both oh you watched both, both sessions in full oh jesus okay yeah yeah i did pretty good the second one Really good. You did. Um, and it was hard and painful because it's like, I'm like, Matt, just take the mulligan. Like, do the mulligan and then, you know, go up there. And and it's like, you hit the shot. And I'm like, no, Matt, I'm so sorry. But did <laughs> you see those? You, right? you remember the time? Like, I would be on my last shot and somehow I make it. <laughs> <laughs> there were some really clutch shots. And you'd really be like clutch shots. Fist pumping one minute and then you'd be like a head in your hands the next minute. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's, that's a good, good sign of a pretty good, decent yeah. game. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta watch that VOD. Yeah. Next question. It's good. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. Anonymium says that they just got one of the old OLED models of the Vita, and it's such a nice console to watch and hold Ooh. in your hands that it makes me sad to see it got shoveled away so quickly when it could have perfectly held up to this day. Do any of you have fun, lasting memories with it, if any? Not with the Vita, my friend. I'm sorry. Um, I usually like to play my uh, my uh, visual novels on my computer. Liam is shoving it into the camera right now. Is it the OLED still, model though? Is it it is. It's it's. This is my Turn original it on, launch. Turn it on. I don't know if it's got any battery. Oh, look at you! I don't play it. You're not a real gamer. <laughs> yeah, You're not a yeah. Real I, gamer. I I I it's did no not buy one. I don't. This this is this is Liam's moment here. I had oh. PSPs. I had PSPs, <laughs> and I I hacked them all. I'm same as Matt. Like I have the DS and the 3DS are the best handhelds yeah. ever, right? Yeah, yeah. Game Boy is great. I bought a fucking premium boutique. Uh, oh, hipster you know, Game Boys. Hipster Game Boy for next year. But the PSP was what introduced me to two of my best friends. 
in in the world. Like because I went to college, my first day of college, me with and George. PSP that I'd. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, no, you say you're two best friends, me and George. Uh, yeah, you and George, of course. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. No, there's a different there's a difference, Matt, between my brothers and my best friend. Now, come on. Go ahead. Don't do yourself. Don't sell yourself down the river like that. Now to go back, I'd worked all summer at a, at a supermarket, and I managed to get enough money to buy a PSP. And I went to college. It was my first uh, week of college after that summer, and I had only one game. I think it was Loco Roco. And the one thing that the PSP had was that you know that cartridge sharing style thing, mm. where you like if you were in a like Bluetooth. Not, but I don't know what they used. Like the DS had it as well, where one person had the game, like you could play multiplayer with them, even if you didn't have the game. I was playing it, and then these two guys noticed I was playing it, and they were like, "Oh, do you want to play Tekken Dark Resurrection on the PSP?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, I want to play another game on the PSP. Let's do it!" But it was multiplayer. And they had both had PSPs. And I got introduced to them via the PSP. And I'm always grateful that when the PS Vita got announced, I actually played it at Gamescom in 2010 or 2011. Oh. I can't remember. And I, it was incredible. <laughs> like, even if you look back, Google Uncharted, whatever the fucking Uncharted game for PS Vita was, like visual screenshots <laughs> of that game. And think about. Playing that game on the Switch, pretty impressive. Think about playing that on a on a handheld in 2011. It was one of the most impressive things I've seen, and I was like immediately from then sold on the PlayStation Vita. Oh wow, yeah. It 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 was so impressive. It was one of the most impressive things I saw at their Gamescom 2011. I think it was like somewhere between PS2 and 3. Yeah, and at the time, you know, like it, Uncharted 2 had only just come out, I think. It, it was amazing. And obviously, this thing is gorgeous to hold. It is a thing of beauty. It is absolutely one of the most comfortable, and it is sexy as hell. Um, so I was immediately sold. And yeah, I bought it on launch day, got quite a few games. I was thankfully because not many people were buying the PlayStation Vita. I got put on like the UK European Sony press list of games to get sent over for review. So I got like all of the launch games for the PlayStation Vita um, for review. So I had every game you could play on the Vita at the time. There were not that many, but I had them and it was great. I had a great time with it. Honest to God, it was super good. And then we all know what happened. Yeah. History happened. And then we had Persona Golden. Persona Golden, man. Fucking the chicken hell. or egg question is, did the Vita not sell well because Sony didn't support it well? Or did Sony not support it well because it didn't sell well? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that because they put features on it like remote play for the PlayStation 3. I think they really did believe in it in the beginning. And I remember testing GTA V with remote play on the PS Vita was like an, an impressive thing back before even GTA V released. So I think they did believe in it, but you know, it didn't sell. But then I moved to Japan in 2015, and I still remember for three or four years, the PS Vita shelves were stocked full of games. People still play the PSP here in Japan. The Sony handhelds have 
yeah. lived a, a pretty decent life. PSP was good, man. That's what uh, the driver to, for Taduno was doing in Agretzko. He was playing the PSP while the car drove itself. He was, itself. yeah. 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 I think you would see more PSPs than you would see DSs. I think you'd see more PSPs than you'd see Switches, if I'm honest. Oh, damn. But the numbers. Uh, yeah, but, you know. But the numbers. I, think, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I, yeah, it sucks. It didn't have maybe as many games as we wanted, um, but it had a lot of great stuff. You could play. It did have a lot of games, visual novels. It had a lot of visual novels, and it had Danganronpa, and it had uh, the Zero Escape series. And... Is, that? is that a hentai or some shit like that? What is that? <laughs> I keep hearing it. I keep hearing. I keep hearing George talk about it. I keep hearing Liam say some shit about it. I keep hearing Chat say something about it. What is Doran Rampa? The zero. There's the zero. Oh, Danganronpa. If you cross battle, if battle royale was like a murder mystery game, there's like how many of them? Are there like three or four? No, it's like a whole classroom of people. No, no, three or four of like. Yeah, there's like three. Or four oh, the Danganronpas. I don't know, like forty. I don't know. Forty. No, there's a lot of Danganronpa. There's like the main series, and they have spin-off series now. Yeah, they sold a lot. Uh, according to Wikipedia, there's three main games and four spin-off games. Yeah, that's seven total. Oh, they that's include the VR, uh, oh, like, like interactive VR. little movie thing on this one too. I actually did the VR Danganronpa thing before I played a real Danganronpa game, and I had of no course. clue what the hell I was looking at. Of course, you did. I was, it was a friend showing me the PSVR way back in 2015 when this stuff was, was getting, was like demos. Anyways. Good old PlayStation Vita. Rest in peace, my old friend. I re- actually, it's funny. I actually have it here because I played Hot Shots Golf, the Vita version, <laughs> when I was making Cursed of Golf. Hot shots golf. Oh, every everybody everybody loves golf or whatever it's called these days. Yeah. That's a name I have not heard in a long, a long time. time. The PlayStation Vita port of that game was really good. Wait a second, I got confused. Hot shots golf is not what I was thinking of. What was the edgy golf game on Xbox that had an M rating? Definitely not that one. <laughs> M rating. Jesus. It's not like hentai golf or something you found on a Flash website, right? No, no, it was a Xbox uh, PS2 era golf novelty comedy game where you could like beat each other up and and play as a hot babe. Oh god, what was the name of that? It was I think it's called Everybody Loves Golf on the Vita. I think in Japan it's called Everybody's Golf. And then they adopted that name for Europe. Oh, I don't know. Hot Shots Golf and Everybody's Golf, I think are the same game series outlaw golf that's the one i was thinking of liam you ever heard of outlaw golf i would need uh outlaw golf you might get a kick out of oh wow Uh, i just see a bikini model putting a shot yeah it's it's like novelty ridiculous silly golf but (laughs) right up my alley (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry that you've become the the novelty golf guy it has become Rather, a curse. Liam. <laughs> a blessing and a curse. Why can't I pl- play a, a girl in a bikini in, in Curse to Golf? Yeah, Liam. That's, that's what, that's what all, all the boys want. Yeah, because only boys play your game. Don't worry. I'll pitch it to Ubisoft, and then they'll ask me to do it, and then I'll oh have to do it. Oh, my God. 
And then in 2021, listen, Ubisoft to be in trouble again. I would say no, but if Ubisoft gives you some money, you fucking take that shit. You fucking take that shit. Take that, take that ignorant money. David B says, hello. With Hello. Europe currently in the grips of a heat wave, I don't want to play VR games. The headset gets warm and my face gets sweaty on a regular day, but yes. this is just getting unreasonable. Do you think the sales of VR games can or will be affected by hot weather or climate around their launch? Will VR games have to avoid releasing in hot summer months to be more playable? Listen, man, I got I got a portable AC in my my room. And my room is not in my face. Big. Right, it's medium size. When it gets hot, there's nothing I can do. That portable AC just does not do its job. I just had this conversation with my friend Fred. He wanted to play VR games, and I was like, Fred, it is too <laughs> fucking hot. <laughs> I don't want to set up the sensors, and I don't want to sweat into. I'm gonna. I'm going to sweat into the crevices of my 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 vr headset i don't want that there's no way there's no way when my aircon broke like and i had that just the the floor fan there's no way i would have died of heat stroke i think yeah i'll be like trying to shoot someone and i'm just like all right i'm just gonna lay here for a little bit so so far as i can like quickly google up it doesn't seem like VR seasonal sales are, are, are such a thing. It's, it's, it seems like they're still expecting things to spike in the holiday seasons, but not dip during the, the, the hot summer months. I cannot wait for the holidays. I cannot wait for it to get cold. I cannot Me too, wait, man. George. It's starting, to get, it's starting to get cool in the evenings. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's starting. This is what I need. Yes, yes. It's not as, it's not as like... Like, oh my god, I'm sweating in places I don't want to be sweating. <laughs> While the, the AC is on, you know? I'm not looking forward to uh to this because it's getting real hot now in Georgia in my apartment. And I, I, I do need to put that thing back on and check out some some inbox games over the next week. So um <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Cough it up, Liam. Um <laughs> just give give me whatever hairball you have you have ready there and let's get it over with. <laughs> I feel like one of the things to consider though is that air conditioning is, is a lot cheaper in the States than it is in Europe and Japan. Even though it doesn't cut it still. But like I can I can put a fan on blast. And fans also are supposed to technically help with motion sickness. I have played VR games in the past with the fan blowing directly on me and had quite a good time. You might kind of think of it, David B, you should probably just try that. Just try that. Just just, just get like a, a fan pointed right at the back of your head and it keeps like the skin on your body oriented to to the ground while also giving you a sense of motion and movement. It's one of the classic tricks, I think, for for fixing motion sickness issues with the VR is having a fan blowing on you. And come to think of it, it might also be a fix for issues of sweat and heat as well. Get, get a box. Oh, I can't imagine the kind of rashes you get on your face. Oh, I love those things. I think they're just the funniest, cutest shit. Oh, and they're all sweaty and itchy. Ugh. But they're fun. It's like wearing at. masks. I'll honestly admit wearing masks outside in Japan is really hot because you just get 
sweat around your nose and around your mouth and right like mm. if you just shaved mm. your skin becomes so irritable oh it's uh... and then and then you take it off and the splash comes out <laughs> dude <laughs> dude okay i'm fine i, I think will it's... admit i have been doing ring fit in this in the heat so you're brave maybe I, and that has been dripping pools and i mean sweaty gross pools i think that the like imprint you get on your skin after you take the headset off is cute but what is not cute to me and what is really nasty to me is the occasional moments when i have taken off the helmet and like water comes out like like i do i never want to i i don't even want to think about those moments like like releasing an actual floodgate The the PSVR has a button that like vents out the steam and sometimes water sweat will actually come out still wet and it's the grossest bullshit and it will like trickle down your neck down your shirt and start itching your nips. Oh, so gross. That's that's so gross. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see Matt stream VR and just see like the glistening purple water from his lights in his room on top of his head. Oh yeah, yeah. Drink some Gatorade so you start sweating purple glowy stuff and play it under a black light so everyone gets to see the stains. No, you don't want a black light in here. (laughs) We talked about being single earlier. (laughs) We just talked about it. <laughs> Just like, oh so God. we're about to run up on the two hour mark here on the dad and sons podcast <laughs> which is usually a great time to start wrapping things up and thinking about moving on with our lives <laughs> shall we shall we i'm gonna play more king simulator king simulator get some work done and then i'm gonna play some wasteland make sure everybody mm. www.twitch.com forward slash man visual <laughs> oh my god get on there oh my god the boy Those is men. back the man the legend oh. the boy has become a man <laughs> bring the legend back to life <laughs> he's winning crowns in four guys and he's failing in holes in coast of golf it's brilliant oh my god and matt's transitions and his whole setup and stuff puts everybody to shame <laughs> especially myself <laughs> Matt, we uh, gotta play something together on stream sometime. Oh, you both should stream at the same time and have we like play Hunt Showdown. Oh god, Let's do it, man. I could just dip yeah. in both chats and be like, look, I'm here too. <laughs> I exist. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be entertaining, yeah. Me and you. Some, until some, then. Uh, we're both tryhards. Alright, until then. Until then. Until then. Until then. Thank, thank you all for listening. Ryan Gates. You better listen to this episode, I swear to Christ. Thank you, Ryan Gates, for, for getting us to do the Agretzko Season 2 spoiler cast. It was a good, it was a good show. Sign up to that Patreon, Ryan. Thanks to another Ryan, Ryan Lafford, for our hilarious theme song. <laughs> so many Ryans. And uh, thank you to Henry Ng for our uh, hilarious animated background. On YouTube. Remember that you can follow us all individually on Twitter. Hang out with us personally in the Dad and Sons Patreon Discord with a $5 donation. <laughs> and PSA, like if the RSS feed you use to find the Dad and Sons podcast has been a little wiggity woggity, 
in uh, most recent weeks. It technically shouldn't. We've gotten no complaints about the host migration. No one even knows. Please email us dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com just in case because we changed hosts of the show recently. Yes, yes. That might have messed it up for some people, but fingers crossed. It was not supposed to. I I believe that uh, we are now hosted using the same platform as uh, the New Yorkers podcasts. Uh, that's that's Ooh. prestigious, right? I have no idea who those are. What is it called? Is again? Are they good? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> They're from a, a old respected legacy media brand. So oh, yeah, sure, media. Wait, what are they called? The, what, the New, New Yorker? Yorkers? You guys have never heard of the New Yorker magazine? No, the the hosting service that we're oh. on now. Uh, it's called Art Night. I doubt. I doubt most listeners are going to know what that is, but apparently it's uh, reliable. Oh, like, I know like who corporate who Art Nineteen are. is. Oh my god, they're so good at what they do. Because I know what they do, and what they do is good. Yes, I agree. Now, supposedly, <laughs> we're a part of them. <laughs> I can't remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs>